You are listening to the Christian Worship Center Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. So uh, hopefully this all comes about, and I know it will, how the Lord wants it. So if you would um, stand and let's go into prayer before we start. Your Heavenly Father, Lord, we just rejoice in you, Lord, tonight, Lord. We worship you and we praise you, Father. Lord, you know the words that you want spoken tonight, Lord, and I release my voice to you, Lord. I release it to you to speak through, Lord, what you want Thank you, Jesus, Lord, and we give this service as yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. So I have this outlined in three different parts. <laughs> I, I finally made sense of my notes and made an outline. Um, so I'm going to go through the first part really quickly because it's just kind of a refresher from back when we did the anniversary service and I spoke. And I'm just going to touch on a few things that were from that service. Um, okay, so that Sunday I talked about um, the tabernacle that Moses built, the tabernacle. And the furnishings in it and the temple, when Solomon built the temple and the furnishings that were in the temple. And how the furnishings were laid out in the shape of a cross. So you would come into the tabernacle or the the temple and you would come to the altar of sacrifice first. And then you would come to the, the basin and then it split and you had the altar of incense in the center. And you had the candle stick on one side. Or the oil lamp on one, on the left, <laughs> and you would have the table of showbread on the right. And if you will notice, and this was not, this was just kind of by accident that this all happened. But where is ours at now? It's on the right where we keep our communion. Um, so that that Sunday, I laid it out that the temple and the tabernacle, the furnishings made the cross. When you come in, it was the cross. And uh, the tabernacle and temple did not look anything alike. Moses' tabernacle was a tent. The temple was elaborate. Solomon's temple was elaborate. Even some of the furnishings looked a little bit different. But they had the same foundation. And they was all the directions for building it were given by God. He gave both the, he gave David, King David, the directions for the temple, and Solomon carried it out. So both of these looked the same. I mean, looked different, but they had the same cross, same foundation of what it was built upon. And um, the glory of the Lord filled both places. Exodus forty thirty four. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then in Second Chronicles 7, uh, 1 through 6, the first verse, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So we had this layout of the cross. Then I took it down to the altar of incense. 
which was the center of the cross, was the altar of incense. And I had laid out the cross then for our church. As we come down the center aisle, you have the bottom part of the cross as you come into the church. And then you go on up here to the pulpit. And then you have the sides here coming out with the altar. Most churches are like this. And you have the cross then in your church. But you have the altar of incense is right here in the center. And the altar of incense they would take, and it was the, the fragrance of the prayers going up to heaven. And they would be collected in heaven. In Revelations 5, 8, it said, uh, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And the altar of incense and the prayers and everything, the center of the temple and the tabernacle where it's at. And right here, anybody's been in our services for any, you know, any time, right here is where we all come and where the prayer. Now, it's everywhere else, but right here in this center, right, right there. And... Um, Uh, So I I laid this out for our church and how the prayer bowls were filled with prayers from the past, from saints that have already gone home from this church, saints that are still here, that have prayed in years past. Those prayers are collected in those bowls. They haven't gone away. They're still there. And we're at a time when those prayer bowls are being poured out and our prayers are going up to meet with this right here at the altar of incense, right here, where it's coming together. So I want you to bookmark that. Hang on to that right here where our altar of incense is at. So that's kind of what we had talked about at the anniversary. Now then, uh, getting more into closer to our Esther, our time frame of right now, um, I want to talk to you just a little bit about the month of Adar. So we are in the month of Adar 2. On the Hebrew calendar, they have a leap year seven times within a 19-year span. They have leap year. And for their leap year, they add an extra month. So they have Adar 1 and Adar 2. Adar is the 12th month of their uh, spiritual calendar. So they have a Dar 1 and a Dar 2. A Dar 2 is what would normally be the regular Adar of a non-leap year. Adar um, is an amazing month. It has different meanings. Um, it means strength. Of course, it means joy. It means freedom. It means divine reversal. And it is also a month of supernatural miracles. So we are in a leap year, 5782, the Hebrew year 5782 is a leap year. So we are in a leap year, so we have two Adars. So that means double strength, double joy, double freedom, double divine reversal, and double supernatural miracles. You're in the two months of a double. You've got two of them. So everything that was a normal Adar, it is doubled this year. The leap year... Oh, man. The leap year also means to the Jews, the leap year is a pregnant year. So, I mean, following pastor's service this morning, we are in a pregnant year. 
We are in a leap year, which is a pregnant year. It is a year of things being birthed and brought about that has been put in you. Things that God has ordained and word he has given is coming forth. It's being birthed. Um, So that's a little bit on um, the month of Adar. We'll we'll probably cover a few more things here in a little bit on it. Um, So last Sunday... I said, told you it was the third of Adar. Uh, before we get into that, I want to briefly explain a couple of dreams I've had because you will have to hear these to know why the timing of last week was for us was important for it being the third of Adar and for the timing of everything. Um, so last year I had a series of dreams one night. There was three, three dreams in the one night and it was in a series just briefly in the first dream. Um, I was given a, um, little house on the prairie type style dress to wear. It was a white top and a blue skirt, kind of like something Carolyn would wear on little house on the prairie, you know? Um, I also had a gold lace robe that was attached up my shoulders, and I was given war boots, Roman war boots, you know, okay, fashion ladies, none of that goes together. You've got the, you know, wrong eras together and wrong styles and everything, but, you know, but in God's thing, it goes together. Um, And then, but there was something that come against me that was trying to take the mantle. It had me by the shoulders trying to take the mantle. What brings that down to the timing is now is beginning of February, George came up to me and he said, I seen an angel just place the mantle attached it to your shoulders. So that's bringing that dream to now. Okay. And then, uh, after that dream was a dream of two houses. The first house, this person's driving me around and we go to this first house and it's up on a hill and it is an old farmhouse and it's being remodeled into a ultra-modern house, like extremely modern uh, from the old farmhouse. And I'm like, yeah, that's where we're supposed to be going. That's it. And they're like, no, this isn't it. I'm like, okay, well, I I recognize the place. I'd been there before. And he said, no, this isn't it. So we go on down to a housing addition, and we pull into a house. And this house is being remodeled also, but it's down to the foundation. And I'm like, ah, this is the house because I recognize some people. And those people are connected with the church. And I recognized these people. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is it. The church was down to the foundation, or the house was down to the foundation being remodeled. But it was intact. It had walls and everything. But I seen it as being remodeled, which tells me it was spiritual. Because we went in the house, and we um, there was a party-type thing set up like a pampered chef party. And there was a person in the house, um, and something has happened in the natural connected to this person that brings the timing to now. That actually, in the physical, something has happened, and that brings the timing to now. So the third of Adar, last Sunday, um, I was telling you about in Ezra chapter 1 through 6, It's the rebuilding of the temple. And on the third day of Adar, they completed their temple. And last Sunday was our third day of Adar. Now, um, most of you know we've been kind of in a spiritual rebuilding. 
We've been in a time of growth, of rebuilding, and I believe last Sunday was our day of completion. We've completed what God had put in us to rebuild and what growth he wanted. Um, in 2020, uh, when we started 2020, we had we have been doing like a theme for the year. And when we started 2020, our theme for the year or our word was clear vision, preparing for the glory, going to the throne room. Does anybody remember that? We were going to the throne room. We had clear vision. We were preparing for the glory, and we were going to the throne room. Then what happened? We got hit with COVID. In the book of Ezra, Zerubbabel has gone back to rebuild the temple. And people come against him and tickle the ear of the government, the king, and get the rebuilding of the temple stopped. For 16 years, the rebuilding of the temple was stopped. And I'm looking, this is just what happened here in America, you know, all over. We were gung-ho, we're going to the throne room, we're preparing for the glory. And then all of a sudden, oh, we've got to go outside to have church. We can't do this. We can't, you can't do that. You're going to have to mask up to worship. You can't, you can't have your mouth uncovered if you're going to worship. You got, and so... Satan tried to stop, just like he did with Zerubbabel. He tried to stop the building of the kingdom. And in Haggai, if you go to the first chapter of Haggai, he was the prophet during the time of Zerubbabel. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in run? So during COVID, where were we sent? We were sent to our homes. We were sent to our homes. And everybody was concerned about their home, their families, and... A lot of places, church just kind of got, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do the online. Nothing wrong with that, but we'll just do the, you know, we got to take care of our families, which you do. But it was put off then, the building of the temple for 16 years. And then uh, it was, they started Haggai and Zechariah and got them to building it again. And um, they tried to, Particularly, here's the king again. Say, hey, they're trying to build it again. You need to stop them. So this king really dug in there and found Cyrus's decree that they were to rebuild. So they got to rebuild their temple. We're back in here. Not only we grew. We grew while we were out. It did not stop us. We grew. In numbers, financially, the whole we grew during all of this. Um, so in 2020, we had the vision, the glory preparing. Uh, it was, you know, the attempt to stop it. We continued outside and we grew. Um, and so that was kind of the third of Adar. But not only that, but whenever they was told they could go back and build the temple. They were given uh, everything that was stolen from the temple. Everything that had been stolen, it was given back. 
And not only that, but the royal treasury was open to them. Heaven was opened to them. The royal treasury was open to them. Heaven was open to them. Bookmark that. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, kind of the, 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 I'm going somewhere with all this. Y'all just be patient. Uh, kind of the Adar 3, third day of Adar. Adar 1 this year was our February. How many has been here through February? And we've had some amazing services through February. A lot of people in here have been given word. A lot of angels have been seen. All kinds of things have happened during February, the first month of Adar, Adar 1. Um, so then Adar 3 was our completion of the temple. February was kind of our push, our final push into it. That Wednesday night, Jack go up, and I think he had the key to open the door to the temple. It was ready for habitation. Temple is ready for habitation. Um, and what was taken... Uh, was given back. So, that's going to bring us to the book of Esther. To give you a timeline of all of this in here, it's Ezra, chapters 1 through 6. Then you have the book of Esther. Then you go back and you have the rest of Ezra, 7 through 10. And then you have Nehemiah that comes after that. So, that's kind of the timeline of where Esther fits into all this. Um, Esther is the book of doubles. We're going to dig into this, what the book of doubles means, because it's going to come down and it's going to mean something very important for this church. Um, Esther, in the Persian Esther, it means star. And if you'll notice on your ribbons, they have a star on them. Esther means star. Uh, Esther in Hebrew means hidden. And if you look at Deuteronomy 31, there's a lot of back stuff here you need to get before we get to this. Deuteronomy 31, 18. And it says, And I will certainly hide my face in that day because of all their wickedness in turning to other gods. This is what God is saying. He was going to hide. And in the book of Esther, God is hidden. There is no reference at all in any way, shape, or form, any form of his name. Nothing. No prayers. There is nothing in Esther that points to God. And in Hebrew, the word hide in here is Hester, which is a form of Esther. So Esther means hidden. He was hidden. Um, all right. So in the book of Esther, we kind of have the biblical story, the biblical version of the Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> we kind of have the biblical version of the Hatfield and McCoys. So we're going to do some little back, uh, history here. So Haman, it says in here, Haman, um, let me get back to my Esther here. And I don't know if I marked it. Yep. Chapter 3. 
After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of... She did a good job pronouncing these. Hamedatha the Agite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all other nobles. So let's look back in Haman's history. So let's go to 1 Samuel. I don't have it marked in here. Hang on just a second. I will think it's 1 Samuel 16, 17. 17. Say, nope, 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 nope. Nope. I wrote it down somewhere. All right, somebody may have to help me out. I didn't write it down. Wherein King Saul was told to kill the Amalekites. Well, anyway, it's back there in Samuel. It's back there. So Samuel tells King Saul to kill all the Amalekites. He was to kill all of them, every man, woman, child, and livestock. He was told to kill them all. And Saul did not. He spared the king, Agat, 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 the guy, Agag. He was spared him, plus some of the livestock, because Saul or Samuel comes up and he says, "What's this I hear in my ear? The bleeding of the livestock." So Saul didn't obey and kill all the Amalekites. And this is Haman's family. This is Haman's ancestry. He was spared. Now Saul or Samuel goes back and he kills the king. But there's some family that has escaped. And I was reading on this and it said the reason why all of the livestock were to be killed is because they were sorcerers and witchcraft and they shapeshifted. And they could shapeshift into animals and this is how they always escaped. And they kept people was because if they didn't kill the animals... Some of the people had shifted into the animals, and they were spared, and they could keep their line going. So you have this group of people here then that was spared because somebody didn't obey, and now Esther is dealing with them. And the Amalekites, it even goes back to Esau, and then with Moses, Joshua, in the battle, when they're holding Moses' hands up, that's against the Amalekites. And at the end of that battle, I believe there's a verse that says the banner over us is love. The banner, what is a banner? It is a flag. And that's why they wave their flags. It's a banner. Your yellow, your yellow flags. They raised a banner. To the Lord. To wave their flags. Now then. So you have the Amalekites there. Haman's story. Now let's go to Mordecai. Back to Esther. Mordecai, it tells us. Chapter 2. Verse 5. Now there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. Named Mordecai. Son of Jair. The son of 
Shimei, the son of Kish. So now then, let's go back and look at this Mordecai's family. So I know I got that one wrote down. It's in Second Samuel 16. I knew one of them was 16. Let's see. Second Samuel 16. All right. As King of David approached Bahurim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gerar. And he cursed as he came out. Okay, so he's coming against King David. Um, as he cursed, Shimei said, get out, get out, you murderer and you scoundrel. And then on down, um, Abish, Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. And the king said, what does this have to do with you, you sons of Zariah? If he is cursing because the Lord said to curse David, then who can ask, why do you do this? So king, then he says later on down, leave him alone, let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. So king David spared Shimei, did not kill him. If he had killed him, then you would not have had a Mordecai. In the book of Esther. To raise up and to speak. You don't think your past has anything to do with your present. Of what's going on. So here you have all of this past. This coming up. And you have the Amalekites. And you have Mordecai's family. And now it's all coming down into Esther. The same thing. And it's all coming down into the book of Esther. Through Haman and Mordecai. So that's the past. And if all of this hadn't have worked out in Esther, it would have affected the future because if the Jews had been killed, you would not have the Messiah. So you have the future and the past coming together, and that's the horizontal bar of the cross. That's the horizontal, the past and the future. Sitting here in this church, we have the past history of this church a lot of, like I said, the prayer bowls and prayers, all the people, the past, the merging of this church, how this church even came into being. Each and every individual in here, your past that you just now are present in this church, there's things, people, you don't know from your past what has prepared you for this moment, whether it had been good or bad. You have been prepared for this moment. In this church, all of this is coming together here, the past. And then you have the future, the word that God has given us, what he has called us to, what we are looking to, what he has shown us in dreams, visions, um, and word. We have that future, and it's coming together and meeting the past, and it's coming together, and it's converging here on the horizontal. Okay? So here's our cross. Our cross beam of the horizontal. Now let's go to the vertical. And that is where the doubles come in. So Esther is a book of doubles. Uh, there are ten banquets, I think it was, a total in the book of Esther. They are marked by, there's three sets of two. So you have Xerxes in the beginning has two banquets. He has a 180-day banquet and he has a seven-day banquet. Then you have Queen Esther. She has 
two banquets for King Xerxes and Haman. Comes one day, and then she says, well, come to the next day, and then I will tell you. So she has two banquets. Then you have two celebrations of Purim. At the end, you have, I'm just going to call it the country Jews and the city Jews, okay? So you have two Purim celebrations. So they come in in doubles. They come in doubles. Now, I'm going to go through these quickly. If you want all of the references later, you can get them. But um, There's two lists of the king's servants in chapter 1, 10, and 14 verses. There's two reports of Esther concealing her identity in chapter 2 in verse 10 and 20. There's two gatherings of uh, women in chapter 2, verses 8 and 19. There's two fasts. Verses four or chapter four, verse three and sixteen. There's two consultations of Haman with his wife and friends in chapter five, uh, verse fourteen, and chapter six and verse thirteen. There's two unscheduled appearances of Esther before the king, chapter five, verse two, chapter eight, verse three. There's uh, two investors of Mordecai, chapter six, verses ten and eleven, and chapter seven, verse eight. There's two royal edicts, edicts, chapter 3, 12 through 15, chapter 8, 1 through 14. There's two references to uh, uh, subsiding the king's anger, chapter 2, verse 1, chapter 7, verse 10. There's two references to the irrevocable, irrevocability of the Persian law. I'm going to stop right there. There's two references that says once the king makes the law and stamps it with his signet ring, it cannot be changed. It was read, in, I think, in chapter 9 when she was reading. It cannot be changed. That signet ring has the emblem of the king, and it would be pressed into hot wax or stone, and that sealed it. That signet ring was law. It was just as if whoever had it, it was just as if the king himself done it, and the king gave it to Haman to make that first law, to kill all the Jews. So that signet ring is a very important, you know, the king didn't want to get that into the wrong hands. Okay, back to the doubles. Two days for the Jews to revenge, chapter 9, verses 5 through 12, and verses 13 through 15. Two letters instituting the commemoration of Purim, chapter 9, 20 through 28, and verses 29 through 32. So you have all of these doubles. It's repeated twice. Things are repeated twice in the book of Esther. And it is, one is spiritual and one is earthly. There is a spiritual and an earthly. And when they're here together like this, it is the spiritual Meaning the earthly. This is the hidden God in the doubles. This is the hidden God. He's in there. We don't see it. We don't, you don't read it. You don't see his name. But in here, the spiritual is meeting the earthly. And it comes together, the spiritual coming down and meeting the earthly. This is the vertical beam of the cross. The spiritual and the earthly coming together. So, um, it's bringing together the heaven and the earth. Now then, I'm going to go right down here. 
Where was the portal the other night? Right up here. When, was it Wednesday night? No, it was a Sunday night. Wednesday night. Brother Marty seen a portal open. There was a portal open right here. All kinds of colors with the angel's wings. The top of the cross where heaven, where heaven comes down and meets the earth coming up. And it converges with our past and our future. And heaven and earth comes and it converges right here at the circle of the cross. Right there. Now then, we're going to go a little bit further. This portal opened. This portal opened. In the year of doubles, 2022. In the month of doubles, 2222 and 22222. In the first month of the double months of Adar. And in Adar 1, they celebrate Purim. They celebrate Purim twice in the leap year. In the first Adar, it's Purim minor. And then in the second Adar, it's Purim. Guess when it was when that portal opened? It was just right at the tail end of the Purim Minor. It was in the time of Purim Minor. So we have, heaven has opened. We have the convergence coming. Heaven has opened and has released the plan. It is the plan. Heaven, the head of the cross, it is heaven's plan. He, heaven has the plan. God has the plan. He has released the plan, and now, alongside our vertical wood of the cross, we have earth coming up. Earth, and look at each side of the bottom part of the vertical. It's all of y'all. You're on each side of the vertical of the cross coming up. Heaven has released the plan. Now, it is up to earth to execute it. It is up to each and every one in here to carry out and fulfill the plan that heaven has released. So you have here the cross again coming here. And in the circle of cross, you have the convergence of our past, our future, what heaven has planned, and the earth coming up to execute. And it's all meeting here. And it's brought down between words, visions, and dreams to now's the time. It's coming together. The portal's open. The portal's open. And we're in this season. We're in this time frame of Purim, of joy. And and Esther, she was prepared. We were in a time of preparing. She obtained promotion, got the crown, the mantle, The scepter was lowered to her in favor of the king. And then there was unity of coming together in the fast, the unity of the people. And I believe we have reached that here. We have come to the unity. And then it became divine reversal. The law that was wrote to kill them was a new law was given out to wipe it out to bring divine reversal. 
The royal treasury has been opened. The royal treasury has been opened. And everything that has been taken is returned. Everything is to be returned. And the royal treasury has been opened. The open portal is there. So now's the time. We can't sit back. And like he's been teaching, we got to steward this. We cannot just sit back and like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. No, we have to execute. We have to do something. We have to steward this because he's, he's opened the portal. He's released the plan. He knows our past. He knows everything that he has been building this church for. He knows the future he has planned for it. And it's all coming here right together. And I'm excited because it is a time of supernatural miracles. Oh, and by the way, when did Azusa Street start? Month of Adar. It started in the month of Adar. When the prayer meetings first got started. Uh, Actually, um, William Seymour went to Los Angeles on 2... 22 was when he made it into Los Angeles, uh, 1906, I think. So now we're into the time of when Azusa Street started also, into the supernatural miracles that they seen. So um, I'm excited, and I want to end it with one verse here in Haggai. God has a plan. Oh, and by the way, you read Book of Esther and you look and you're like, okay, well, that just kind of happened and that kind of happened. And, you know, it looks like it's this whole book of coincidences. And you, you can look now and look at things that's happened here and it's like a whole bunch of coincidences. You know, how could, you know, you can't make this stuff up that all these dates line up and fall in. Well, let me tell you. There is not a Hebrew word for coincidence. In God's language, that is not in God's vocabulary. The Hebrew language, God's language, does not have a word for coincidence. So nothing is a coincidence. It is all planned, and heaven has released the plan. Now, in Haggai, I want to finish with this verse, verses. Chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 20. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thorns and thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you... My servant Zerubbabel, son of Shelatiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord. The signet ring of authority has been given. The signet ring of authority and power. What you say, what you mark with that signet ring, it stands. Nothing can break that. So you step out in your power and authority that God has given you. God has given us. He left us power and authority. And it's like having the king's signet ring. 
What you say, the king backs up. What you declare, the king will back up. So, amen.